0: Well, if um, if some of my teachers growing up through high school graded on the curve that some of the talking heads used today to grade the Biden um, <laughs> press conference, I would have I would have gone to Harvard on a full ride with a 4.0. That's the um, that is the madness I heard on cable news today even at our most friendliest of cable news, shockingly.
1: Well, let's watch him. Let's let us grade it.
0: <laughs> well, so here's the thing. This is going to be a great show. There's some technical issues before we come on, but we're going to work it out. So we're going to take your calls tonight. What a, what a night to take your calls. I mean, we may blow the phone system out tonight. 844-995-3762. We're going to have, this is unbelievable. At some point, the great John Solomon is going to join us to not only talk about um, what we saw today and everything else is going on at Justin News, but Mr. Solomon may actually take your calls tonight on this show if you're lucky enough to get through to him. And while well, you could tell him how much number one, first of all, what you should do is you should thank him for. What just the news and what he does you mean being a real journalist being a patriot and going places that the mainstream media obviously just won't go won't report on things so that's the first thing you should do and thank god for just the news and john and um then you could talk about whatever you want live from studio 6b talk about the press briefing but i would encourage you just to say thank you for everything you're doing and um you know give them a couple thoughts on where you think we are here but today was um Everybody who was saying, well, no, 65 days, what, what, what's going on here? Why is he taking so? – well, in some respects – here, let me just put it this way. In some ways, in, in some weird way, nothing today really – we didn't learn anything. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise that he is a disaster. It's not a surprise that he couldn't get through complete sentences without completely losing it. It's no surprise that he seemed like he was almost out of breath at points. It's no surprise that he said, come on, man, or here's the deal, 15 times. But when you see it still, it truly is, well, just pick your adjective at this point. Sad, disturbing, embarrassing, frightening. Um... And really it's really it's just it's set, elder abuse set, whatever you want to put to it you can put to it but in it's amazing that in the end you really look back and go well oh, I mean what did we knew we know <laughs> but when you watch it I was tweeting watching it going I can't believe what I'm watching
2: but of course I could believe what I'm you know do you know what I'm saying yeah it was like the outtakes from the golden girls or something <laughs> like that terrible like oh they messed up meanwhile he's 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 walking around He's losing track. You you don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing, and he's constantly looking down when he's supposed to be having a conversation.
0: And what's amazing, first of all, if
2: you made it through the whole thing, I have the
0: whole thing. We're going to work our way through some of it because it has to be seen.
2: Well, do you want people to stay with the show?
0: No, I hope you didn't eat dinner right before we (laughs) came on the air. That's the only thing I'll say. But um, for all the talk, here's Caitlin Collins from cnn asking about the filibuster and smiling and laughing and uh, as biden is filibustering throughout the whole press conference just talk on and on do you remember the when trump used to talk if they if jim acosta would ask trump a question he's lucky to get through 10 15 seconds before acosta would be just jumping in rudely just rudely jump in with either another question or saying no nah, you didn't but but wait 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 but, 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 but. I mean how many times did we see that now Trump took questions at every I mean the press had never had it so good with Trump as far as getting questions and being spoiled but here's Biden I mean just going on and on and on about just well, I don't even know what losing his train of thought stopping staring silence and there's the press <laughs> I mean, just letting him filibuster for yeah. crying out loud! For all the talk of the filibuster, that's what he was doing—just blabbering on and getting
2: mad and getting angry. And here's the deal: that—that that was the one thing that that really stood out, you know, aside from all the other stup- stupid things that he said—was um, when he was getting angry. You know, you saw it. It's like. This is he should be sitting on his porch yelling at the kids get off my lawn. That's, that was that was Joe Biden today, and the
0: other thing that falls into the same category of you look at it and, and you, when you remove yourself from it, none of it's a surprise, and you know it's coming, but still in the moment, you, you go, I can't believe what I'm listening to. Is that the media is just so in the tank, Yamichi Alcindor is not a journalist. I don't ever want to hear again anyone refer to her as a journalist. She is not a journalist. Your tax dollars at work, by the way. She is not a journalist. She is in there as someone whose ideology is on the table. That's her guy who's leading the way to her utopia that she wants to envision. And she is there to press him on what she wants. What she needs, oh. what she wants to see, she is not a journalist.
1: Are you calling her a prostitute?
0: <laughs> well, no, I've never referred to anyone with that name. I don't know what she's, but she's not a journalist.
2: No, they, they, they refer to her um, as a useful idiot. Like this, is, this is what the people in charge that are pulling the strings on all this are looking down at the the press. Going, there are useful idiots. They're the ones we use to push out this garbage. To to because we want more control. Prostitute's not
0: bad. I like that, Paul. But it's just it's not even that. I think it's even worse than that.
1: It's it's <laughs> it's worse than I wish, that. I wish we were on uh, on cable TV because I have a good word for it. She's um,
0: I mean, she's literally there advocating for her version of utopia. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Yeah, UBI and, and, you know, cancel culture and everyone wears the same outfit and everybody's equal and everybody's the same and, you know, everybody's beige and, you know, it's just, you know, everyone's just a worker bee drone and and nobody's, there's no individualist left.
0: Like, are you going to get as radical as I want you to get, President Biden? That's what she might as well have said. I have it. I'm going to show it to you. It's her question and, first of all, the first question. I mean, we're going to start from the questions and answers because it's just the first guy was just. I mean, the question was pathetic. The follow-up was worse. She was pathetic. I mean, to hear the Talking Heads on cable talk about oh, some of the que- what questions were good. All right, the girl from ABC Vargas get, tells this story of the kids. Of course, anything would these stories with these poor kids is of course. But I mean. They're just all in there at no questions at all about I heard Trump's name way more than I would have thought I would have heard. No questions for the most part about COVID-19. No questions about uh, who's responsible for it. How many times have we hear Trump say China's going to pay the price? Of course, Biden can't say that because he's in, he's in the bed with him. And he's, there he is talking about... He's basically lays out the case on how he's basically... Um, China's bagman, almost. Well, they, they took me in and I, I spent so many hours with them and I did this and they wanted me to do it because this. It's like he's describing how he was like set up.
1: <laughs> First I was told to, you know, take a nap yeah. and I was told I need to, you know, wipe uh, the sw- dribble off my chin Then I was told I was need to ignore all the questions and it's like... This is it's, it. Really is. It's like watching like your, your grandpa, where you're so nervous he's going to say something stupid because you don't have a filter anymore.
0: I mean, half a million people dead, not, and no questions about COVID nineteen about this pandemic a year in.
1: Well, he no real it. questions. He says none of the deaths are his fault. Right.
0: He talks about the, he starts he opens on this weak. Um, I'm not going to play this part, so I'll just tell you he opens on this weak statement how on. Well, now we did a million one a million in a hundred days, a hundred million in a hundred days. Well, that's the path we were on. Everybody acknowledges that. So now he's going to raise it to 200 million in a hundred days. And he thinks that they'll uh, almost get that done. And again, it's just, it's the trajectory that we're on due to operation warp speed. Biden has not done anything to kick the ball down the road, nothing. And it's obvious because he can't point to anybody or anything. Oh, my team. Oh, the work, my team, what work, what team, who, what have they done? What specifically? We've gone through the, we, we know the details. We can go through the prior administration, see the doses that they ordered of all these different vaccines. We know where we stand going into January 20th. What have you done? We know what you talked about when he was in office, how the vaccine was this, and you wouldn't take it, and you demagogued it, and you, and you, she said, I wouldn't even take it if Trump, if, if, if Fauci tells us, maybe I will. But if Trump tells me I'm going to take it, I'm not taking it. That's what she said in the debate. Oh, but now, oh, look at us. Let's just go down there and jump in front of the parade. And did you notice, by the way, what else did you hear today? Oh, our big $1.9 trillion spending bill. What did I tell you? Amen. Now, GDP was growing. We know what it was growing without spending another dollar. We already know what GDP growth was going to be in the first quarter due to what happened at the end of last year. And the V-shaped uh, Larry Kudlow's talked about this we know what that GDP was going to look like, but what did they do? Passed the 1.9 trillion has very little to do with COVID. And what did he say today? Exactly what I told you he'd say. Well, due to all of our groundbreaking legislation. Oh well, the growth, the economy's growth. And the, well, no, no, it was going to be that no matter, almost no matter what. So again, just trying to get out in front of the facts and um, take all the credit for all of this. And just lie. I mean, there was, there was so many blatant things that he just lied about. Some of them really repulsive about kids at the border. Accusing, almost accusing the Trump administration, and I don't think I'm stretching it here, of, of killing migrants.
2: Oh, yeah. He said they starved to death.
0: Yeah. As if they just like, you know, took them and just throw them on the other side of the border into the desert and they just stay there. Right. I mean, just Repulsive. I mean, I couldn't get through it. I, I, I couldn't get through it. When he got into the China thing talking about how he was groomed and he spent more hours with them than anyone else and all that, I, I just I, I turned it off. I couldn't take it anymore. I really couldn't. I couldn't take it anymore. The media is so in the tank. They have no interest. I mean, think, think about what's going on. This government, federal government, Leviathan keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The spending, the, the HR1, S1, everything, trying—not nothing, just nothing. No questions about any of this. Wouldn't, wouldn't even think about going to Peter Doocy. Wouldn't even think about going to Emerald Robinson. Wouldn't even think about going to anybody who might ask just a semblance of a of a real question, he could barely deal with the ones that Yamichi Alcindor was asking.
2: What do you got? The ten reporters, I think. Ten out of, out of the thirty that were there, and he's got a sheet in front of him with their
0: headshots, so he can <laughs> say name, who yes. was which one to point out. I've never seen anything like it. We're just get, I'm, We're going to go through it because if you haven't seen it, it's 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 just unbelievable. All right, eight four four nine nine five three seven six two. Have some patience with the phone lines tonight. 844-995-3762. And the great John Solomon coming up at some point here in hour one, live from Studio 6B. Just getting started.
3: Real America's Voice is a news platform dedicated to keeping people informed.
4: The U.S. will have enough COVID-19 vaccines available to vaccinate every adult in America.
3: Headlines from here in the U.S. and around the globe.
5: Protesters are continuing to ignore threats of years in prison and lethal force by police.
3: Full coverage of live events. So 92% of that $2 trillion spending bill is unrelated to COVID. Real News. Honest Views. Real America's Voice.
0: All right, live from Studio 6B, 17 past the hour on a Thursday night. We're going to spend most of the night, other than sports and a couple other things, um, on uh, what we saw today. Please welcome right now the founder and editor-in-chief of Just the News, the great John Solomon. Mr. Solomon, live from D.C. How are you, sir? I'm good, Damon. Good
4: to be joining you tonight. The phones are blowing up here in Washington, D.C. I don't know what you guys have done, but uh, I feel like I'm at a telethon. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, you're it's on the great. subject. Can you get us 20 bucks or yeah. 30 if bucks? to put the lights sure, on? Sure, yeah. If, so. they have,
0: if they have Amex blackguards, I'll take it. Um, well, uh, too much. I don't know if you heard the first segment, but obviously um, – I did. I mean, I, is there any place that I'm that far off, or give me your thoughts on what we saw today?
4: Listen, I've been covering politics for 30 years. I've been in Washington 30 years this year. I've never seen a presidential news conference like this. Uh, First off, we've never seen a president, at least in my lifetime, go 60 plus days before he held his first news conference. And then there were just moments where the scripting was so painful. He would have to stare down at his notebook sometimes for 10, 15, 20, 30 seconds and couldn't answer things without checking his notes. And, you know, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, George Bush, let's go through them all, Uh, both George Bushes, Donald Trump. I I can't remember them having to refer to their notes all day long before they could even give an answer. Uh, The softball questions were embarrassing as a journalist. You know, you go to those press conferences, you're charged as a journalist to go create news, make news, not impolitely, not the way it was done during the Trump years, but you know, if the if the president doesn't give you an answer, please follow up and, and try to get that answer. No one did that today. Uh, to call it a softball game would be insulting to softball. It just was <laughs> a, um, it was just a terrible performance. And it's why so many, at least half and more of the country, distrust the American news media, certainly the national news media that work out of Washington. And And, you know, Joe Biden got away with uh, not having to answer any tough questions, and, uh, and he got away with being able to cheat on his notes. I'd like to take a test the way he did the news conference. I probably would have had better grades in, in grammar school. It's yeah. just, um, he had a cheat sheet. And, and I just can't remember another president that reliant uh, in a press conference on that cheat sheet. People will make of it what they do. Uh, what I make of it is it, it didn't turn out to be the newsworthy event, with the exception of one thing, He did claim that he wants to send all of the illegal aliens who've entered the country back. Now he's got to be held to that standard. Will the next press conference, will they confront him with the numbers and see if he really sends all of the illegal aliens back? I'll be interested to see if that next news conference comes with that question.
0: Yeah, and I saw the headline on Just the News at first press conference. Biden Talks Border says immigrant families should all be going back by Daniel Payne on Just the News right now. You know, it was more than just notes, though. I mean, there were times that he literally looked down and read paragraphs like when it came yeah. to certain subject, it wasn't like he was just kind of glancing in a couple of like, I don't know if it was the white house official shots that were from his right side. You can see right. that he had a sheet of headshots of the press, like of everyone's headshots. So I don't know if he could make sure he was calling on the right person and where they were from. Yeah. Cause he usually has a handler who does that for him calls out the next person. But I mean, he was right? reading paragraphs of things. I mean, it was so obvious.
4: Ari Fleischer's tweeting. Sure seemed that way. I, yeah. I, mean, I couldn't see the notes, so I don't want to speculate whether he read them verbatim or not, but it sure felt that way. I just could tell you, I've covered a lot of these things. I watched a lot of things, and when I was at the AP, I did running off of news conferences where you're writing things fast to get it out on the AP wires. I can't remember another president who had a news conference that went this way. But then again, I can't remember another presidential candidate who campaigned from his basement for most of the uh, fall election. <laughs> That's... And so <laughs> so uh, I, mean, I don't think we should be surprised by yeah. what's happened here. Uh, at some point, the American people are going to begin to ask the question, is this how we want our president to act? And and they'll they'll give an answer. We'll know uh, where his approval ratings are. We'll know by, you know, the, the support or lack of support for his policy soon. But today was an unusual spectacle for anyone who's been in Washington the last 30 years. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk
0: about some of the subject matter. Obviously, immigration took up a lot of the first part of it. I mean, yeah um what do you make of obviously this is a self-inflicted wound at the border we, we've played the clips of him back in the debate saying the first thing i should do we should do is surge the border we I mean we've played all of this right. um you know press has is not been allowed in if that was under trump i could imagine what we would be hearing in the, in oh, the be a uh, yeah on cable news every night um so what do you make after listening to whatever the mumbo-jumbo was today? He says he's going to be transparent, but he can't quite tell us when he's going to do that because he's got the plan, which no one knows what the plan is, has to first go into effect. Is that pretty much what you heard?
4: I did. And, uh, and also he kicked the ball to Kamala Harris, so she gets to handle this big stink ball now. And, uh, you know, and it, listen, it, it's marred the beginning of his presidency. On his liberal checklist, he's achieved a lot of things. They're pushing stuff through the Congress fast. He's got more executive orders than any president I can remember. So he's getting a lot done, but they clearly had a policy and they didn't have the plan in place to deal with it. And he created a humanitarian crisis where none needed to exist. I had Mark Morgan, the former CPB commissioner for both Barack Obama and Donald Trump. He served two different presidents. And he said, listen, If Biden knew what he wanted to do. All he had to do was be competent, go to the CPB, go to the HHS, and before they open the border up, have all of the resources there to make sure that people came in and they weren't lined up on intents and uh, side-by-side in buildings and not getting COVID tests. This is an issue of competency, and I think the American people thus far have uh, graded him with a a failing grade or maybe a D. I I think that's some of the early uh, feedback. We see an important poll on just the news today. Uh, A large percentage of Americans, nearly half of Americans, believe that those who are illegally entering the country should be detained and deported, no released into the country. So the the largest segment in the poll, nearly 50 percent, supported that as a solution. That's not uh, Joe Biden's policy. He's running against a very strong current in America, uh, against the way this has been conducted. And I just wonder what the long-term effects are on the credibility of his presidency.
0: Yeah, he was um, – w- Mark Morgan Is uh, was – I went back, I guess it was two nights ago, and looked at some of the border numbers under the Trump administration, and Mark Morgan's name came up because he was the one yeah. – and I believe in the Wall Street Journal article that I quoted or some of the numbers, it said, the stay in Mexico – was quote-unquote as he called it that was the game changer that policy that Trump put in place now Biden obviously gets rid of it now he sees it's a disaster the other day he's he's there on the line outside the White House before he called a, a lid at one o'clock in the afternoon and they asked him are you going to reinstate it and he and he kind of leaned towards the fact that we're going to put that back in place and again today yeah. here he is and someone I, I think did it bring took it the up Mexican but, president. Yeah
4: you know we forget this a lot of the media didn't cover this we did adjust the The mexican president said this idea that donald trump is uh, blamed no this is joe biden's creation the mexican president our ally to the south had to call him out on it before he reversed plans i think he realized he was losing his ally to the south Uh, but i think two three four days ago the messaging i was getting from inside the biden administration is we're going to let this go it's fine it's not a crisis we'll get through it when mexico says this is your fault then you pay attention. And, I, you know, I think that the truth of the matter is Biden's been forced into the solutions he was hinting at, though we don't know what they are today, by the fact that even our allies are, 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 are calling his bluff. This is his crisis. And when the president is in charge, you own it. This was his policy, his call to action. Hey, people, come on in, we'll welcome you. He's got to own the consequences. In Mexico, the president there called him on it, and I think that's what's kicked him into this we're going to solve the problem action mode now. But for two, day, two weeks, he was nowhere with a solution.
0: Yeah. So are you going to uh, be able to hang with us here through the first uh, next segment or maybe the first I, hour?
4: I would love it. I want to shout out some great people that we've been talking to on the phones here too. So let me know when we have a few seconds. Uh, we've got some great questions and people I'd like to just shout out on air.
0: Okay, we will do that. The great John Solomon with us. He's gonna try to answer some calls. Your calls at uh what's the number, G, I'm too old to remember. Eight four four nine nine five three seven six two. We will uh, bring Mr. Solomon back when we get back here, live from Studio Six B on a Thursday night. Call now. You may be lucky enough to get the great John Solomon on the line from Justin News. We'll bring him back
1: to see who's uh And even luckier to get Harry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you're really lucky, you'll get Harry. No, Harry's not there. All right, we're back right after this.
3: Real America's Voice is a news platform dedicated to keeping people informed. Start your day off with War Room, hosted by Steve Bannon. If they've got the data, if they've got the evidence, they've got the science, bring it forward. Followed by News On with Miranda Kahn.
6: We will continue to keep a close watch on the situation in D.C.
3: Begin your afternoon with David Brody's water cooler. A huge deal here. We're going to unpack it all. Real America's Voice.
0: All right, 30 minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6P on Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Paul's going to have some news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amorati's going to have sports. And uh, we're taking your calls tonight in uh, live from uh, Real America's Voice, Just the News Headquarters in D.C. And we have the great John Solomon, who's been nice enough to join us and hang with us tonight here for the first hour. He's taking some calls as well uh mr solomon reed joins us so uh you said before we went to break you wanted to talk about some of the calls you've already heard so go That's go awesome. right ahead
4: Uh, First off, you guys are like really popular. Everyone is shouting out the show. But Lori from Rhode Island wanted to know, when are we going to get some more information on Hunter Biden? I wish I could have planted that question, because guess what? (laughs) Next week, I'm actually going to have some new stories on Hunter Biden documents. We've obtained a new trove of documents that the FBI has in their possession. And I think we're going to learn a lot more about Hunter Biden's uh, foreign exploits. There were a lot of other deals that Hunter Biden was trying to strike overseas in the, um, uh, the vapor trail of his dad's vice president. Jet, and I think we're going to enlighten some people about some new and exciting details that that'll really give you a picture into the Biden mindset, the Biden shakedown system, how it worked. Uh, so for for Lori, stay tuned next week. Just news, Real America's Voice. We're gonna we're gonna get you some new documents and some new information. As for the investigation, no one really knows what's going on, and uh, the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office. It's sort of a lockbox, and uh, we're trying to find out, uh, but no evidence that a uh, uh, criminal charges are forthcoming. in the immediate future at least. We, we can't get any inkling of that. And then uh, we had a bunch of other folks. Um, uh, David from Georgia what said he wanted to know how long Biden will be president. I don't know. Maybe he bought himself 60 days with a press conference. If he has one every 60 days, <laughs> he'll, he'll extend the calendar. Um, I don't know. I mean, listen, as long as he wants to serve and as long as he's healthy and fit to serve, uh, you know, they'll, 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 he's going to be there. I mean, that's what the Constitution says. But. That sort of question gives you a sense that in the psyche of the American people, we're only—we're still supposed to be in the honeymoon period. He's not even through his first hundred days, and people are wondering already when is he when is he uh, going to punch out his ticket? I just don't know, but uh, I think today's performance, you know, provoked a lot of questions like that. So, good well, question from Georgia. We do uh, from have a David bet from Georgia. You.
1: We have an over-under yeah. bet going here. So if you want to get on that betting action, you you can. I don't know if you're I've interested. I've never
4: won a bet or a game of poker in my life. I'm the biggest sucker there well, has we're ever. We're having made, a game right? next weekend. Would you like to come? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. My wife, the second my wife hears a poker game, she takes my wallet from me. I don't know, That's how bad it is. She won't even let me bet with M&Ms. That's how bad it is. So um, Let me ask you, before, uh, all right. you, before
0: you get on yeah. to the next callers, let's stay on Hunter sure. Biden for a second. Did you? Sure. I know you know this, and I'm sure it's been on Justin News. I, I happen to see it again today in Politico, the story about his handgun, and now we find out that the yeah. Secret Service agents went down and showed up. Can you just
4: give the brief overview? Is this yeah. a story? A, uh, it is a story. We, we are able to confirm that there's a police report that Hunter Biden lost his gun. So let's think about this for a second. Hunter Biden, the son of uh, the Democratic president in the Democratic Party that's always preaching about gun control, gun responsibility. He lost his gun near a, a school. According to the police report, he lost his gun. I can't his make wife, their ex-wife took it. Wife took it. I don't know, but you shouldn't lose a gun. And if you're going to lose a gun, don't lose it near a school where a young person can come. in. so that's the first part of it. That that's been true. The second part of it, Politico has sources saying that at some point the Secret Service came in, even though they weren't providing protection to Hunter Biden or Joe Biden anymore, because it's 2018. Apparently, uh, they tried to intervene and, and try to get a hold of the gun or the situation. The police report and the cops didn't let him do that. That part we haven't confirmed, but. Politico has, you know, pretty convincing quotes and, and, and information there to suggest that may have happened as well. To me, the bigger story is: if you're going to preach gun control, if you're going to preach gun responsibility, then you ought to practice it yourself. And losing a gun near a school is not a very good way to, to set an example for a responsible gun owner. Yeah. So, In interesting, Fannis, interesting. he
1: was high on crack, yeah. though. Right. So we have to we, give we, him we, a, bit, we, a break, right?
4: I, I, you know what? I think if you own a gun, you got to be responsible 24-7. That's my, yeah. my take. I, that's what my father taught me. My dad was in law enforcement, and you don't touch a gun if Mine you're too. not sober. You, you don't lock it and use it or take it anywhere unless you're re- responsibly got it covered. And I always admired my dad, who every day came home and locked his gun up, made sure none of us kids would get it, and he always drilled into our head, if you're going to own one of these, you treat it with the ultimate respect, and losing it near a school I think would violate at least yeah. my dad's rules, yeah. and I wouldn't want to viol- violate my dad's rules. <laughs> Trust
2: me. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, hey, John, real quick, Dave, if you don't mind sure. um, uh, yesterday, Jen Psaki was asked a question about Hunter Biden. I don't know if you caught it. Um, I missed it. About the yep, $3.5 million payment that, that he received right. from the wife of a uh, Russian oligarch, right? The, 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 the mayor of, of uh, Moscow. And she right. dismissed it of, as, yeah. as, Oh, I, I don't know anything about that. Uh, what you're talking about. Well,
4: that's what an you answer take she gives to almost like everything. That? Well, that's the answer she gives often at the podium. She's the first press secretary that doesn't seem to be plugged into her own White House. So it doesn't surprise me, but it would take five seconds to do this. There's a Senate report. I can, I'll send her a copy if you'd like but Senator Grassley, Senator Johnson. There were things called suspicious activity reports. They're called SARS. The Senate got them. The Treasury Department got them when Barack Obama was still president, saying, hey, there's a suspicious payment. It came from $3.5 million from this Russian oligarch, the richest woman in Russia, and it looks suspicious to us. So. So it's in the public domain. It was written about in a Senate, official Senate report. You would think the Biden family would want to do some due diligence about what's been said about them. You know, the payment doesn't go directly to Hunter Biden. It goes to a company that he and Devin Archer and other uh, of his business partners have. So it goes to an LLC or company. But there's a lot of correspondence showing that they were trying to help this Russian oligarch who was having a problem getting a bank account set up in the United States. Hmm, I wonder why she's a Russian oligarch. I can't imagine why there'd be a problem with that. or try to get the, the account set up and then this money flows in after they get the account set up and that's why uh, it was flagged by a financial institution mm-hmm. to the Treasury Department that story is true uh, I can send Jen Psaki the report if it would help yeah <laughs>
0: um, was there anything
4: else you wanted to talk about as far as the
0: callers before I get into the HR
4: uh, I got one more yeah. just because I, uh, I, whenever you get a caller from a blue state you can't you can't go wrong with that right Larry from the blue state of Washington says I love the show but I miss miss Sabrina I'll just leave it at that. I won't, I won't <laughs> contribute any more than that. Like so, I said, but, we don't need uh, any more
0: nuts on this show. <laughs> and she is I'll that. keep my
4: opinions to myself and be yeah. a good journalist. Uh, yeah. so never let's, get a job at CNN, though, I probably. Yeah, think so. let, let's talk about
0: some of the other stuff that's going on right now. Obviously, we have this sure. HR1S1 on the table. We've got spending yeah. like we've never seen before. We have executive orders as if we live in a monarchy here going on. Uh, trying to reach into every part of our lives here through all of this. Yeah. Now we've got a $3 trillion infrastructure bill coming. And this is all being done when you step back and think about it with a House of Representatives with a, what is it, a 10 seat vote majority, maybe 50 yeah, 50 in the that. Senate, yeah. having to rely on Kamala right. Harris. But yet here they are ramming through every piece of radical legislation they can with almost no majority anywhere. But yet it doesn't matter when the Democrats are in charge. But Specifically on this HR one, trying to codify yeah. basically all the unconstitutional changes in uh, the 2020 election, do you think that the constitutional authority to do this is there, or do you think if this finds a way to pass, it ends up in the Supreme Court where it does?
4: Well, I could probably answer that second question, where, where, where the constitutional test comes down. I, I never went to law school, and I'm not sure I, I can sort it out yet. I've talked to a lot of legal, legal experts, but there are Republican and conservative lawyers all over the country doing their research right now. And if this were to pass and get signed into the law, you're going to see it get into the courts, and I assume it'll make it all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, big news today occurred a little south of here in Washington, down in the state of Georgia. The House and Senate both houses. This is interesting. A legislature gets work done in one day in Congress. It takes 10 years. But in one day, they passed this election reform bill in Georgia. Governor Kemp signed it tonight. And it mandates that if you're going to submit a uh, a ballot, uh, uh, absentee ballot, you have to have a form of voter ID. You have to be able to prove your identity. What a novel idea. If I go buy a six pack at the at the, uh, the alcohol store, I got to get an ID. If I go on a plan, I got to get an ID. Why not have people who want to th- practice the most important gift our founding fathers gave us, the right to vote, to have an ID. Now, the Democrats are calling this bill voter suppression, but when you look into it, there's some really neat things. For instance, they started saturday and sunday voting in georgia they're actually expanding the amount of time so if you work all w- a week you can maybe still vote on saturday and sunday that doesn't sound like voter suppression this this epic fight over whether an id is voter suppression or not uh, i guess it's alcohol suppression it's flight suppression if you want to apply it it sounds kind of silly right you and uh, one other thing that people forget in 2005 a bipartisan commission led by Jimmy Carter, not exactly a conservative, uh, recommended that if we were going to move to more and more mail-in voting, that a voter ID system would be good. So it was a good idea 15 years ago for Jimmy Carter. Now all of a sudden it's Jim Crow. I think Joe Biden called it today. Uh, the idea that you have to use your ID to prove your identity before you vote seems as simple as when you go to the, you know, the uh, to the airport. And I, I, it's a really remarkable thing that that standard is now being called Jim Crow. I, I saw Jim Crow uh, in, in, in college. I learned all about it. I did some papers on it. Jim Crow was a lot worse than asking for a voter ID. And I think the epic gauntlet has been laid down. Georgia is the battleground for where how we're going to conduct elections is going to be fought. And it's going to be Washington versus Georgia, Democrats versus Republicans. We're going to find out whether voter ID is voter suppression or if it's a, a responsible way of making sure that every leader eagle vote counts properly.
0: Yeah, I think he actually referred to it as worst in Jim Crow. He said something about a Jim being Jim Eagle or something. I didn't even understand. I mean, it's just one of those head shaking moments. Very clever. What what they do refer to Jim Crow, of course, this is the party of Jim Crow, but was um, the filibuster rule. And I have video that I'm going to play tonight and from 2005 of a Senator Barack Obama and I have Senator Joe Biden voraciously defending the filibuster on the floor. Now, of course, they think it's an old Jim Relic. Um, We know what happened when Harry Reid went down this road with Supreme Court justices and how that played out. What what do you think is going to happen here with the filibuster rule?
4: A lot of pressure to get rid of it, uh, to go to a straight majority vote, just like there's a lot of pressure to go to the national popular vote instead of the electoral (sighs) system uh, in America, lowering all the thresholds that our founding father gave us. You know, it's been around 130 years or more. Uh, I think there are some Democrats who are going to try to hold the line. There's going to be enormous pressure on them. I think it'll come down to Senator Manchin. If Manchin gives in, they're going to get it. If Manchin holds out, they won't get it. Uh, But, you know, if they get that, they'll have their whole agenda done. They'll be done by June. They can go home and take the rest of the year off and uh, because they can pass everything quickly and uh, and then we'll begin to see the consequences of what the liberal vision of America looks like. But, uh, you know, uh, there's still uncertainty about this. Uh, I think it's going to come down to Joe Manchin. All eyes are on Joe Manchin when it comes to the filibuster.
0: I mean, how amazing is it to listen to you say that, to think in a representative republic, a representative government, it's going to come down to one or two guy from Manchin or Sinema uh, that that's going to stand in the way of fundamentally transforming a country that doesn't need to be fundamentally transformed. And this party is in a rush to ram and cram through all of the, I mean, it's it's just amazing where we're at right now.
4: Yeah, it's an extraordinary time, and, and we won't understand the consequences for maybe two, three years, but this is a revolution. The Democrats are doing exactly what they say to do. i got to give them credit. They're doing exactly what they told the American people they were going to do, so they're sticking true to their word. I think Republicans are learning a lesson. They had the Senate House for years and couldn't get anything done. Uh, the Democrats are showing them how you get it done, and yeah. I think... Uh, You know, the American people are going to have to decide, is this the form of government, the form of Washington we want? Is this the type of elections we want? Uh, Those are big questions. And I think, uh, you know, next year, 2022, will give us our answer. Uh, The courts will be involved. There'll be elections. uh, There'll be an opportunity for the wisest uh, decider, the American electorate, to to decide these issues uh, for once and for all in 2022.
0: All right, let's take a break. Uh, Mr. Solomon's going to stay with us just to the top of the hour, maybe get him a few more phone calls while we do sports, and we'll be back live from Studio 6B to wrap up Hour 1. When we get back, there's Austin and five taking your calls right now, 844-995-3762. We're back right after this.
3: Voice. All right, 13 past the 13 till the hour. Excuse me.
0: We'll get back to your calls here in a second. Let's do a little sports, though, with uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal? I
6: right, Big the real quick, let's go to our absolute LFS 6B favorite sport, it's the Rodeo Review. Thursday night in action. High Desert Stampede. Redmond, Oregon. The first interstate bank arena. Bareback. Claystone on brand 461. Had an 84 and a Saddlebronk. Dawson Hay. Ho- Holy in Hell. Had an 83 and
0: That's what everybody at the press conference was saying today.
6: Here's a bull that's inspired by you, Big D. Josh Frost on Mr. Moody. 87 and uh, Steer Wrestling. Jason Thomas. 3.8 seconds. Team Roping. Britt Ellermann. And Taylor Doobie, 5.2 seconds. And tie, th- tie down, Tanner Green did it in 6.7 seconds. Bow Racing, Kathy Grimes, 16.87. That rodeo is going on all weekend, big day, and we'll have uh, updates tomorrow night as well. This is just the first round. And then also in action is the Nagadoches Pro Rodeo and Steer Show. That's in Nagadoches, Texas, at the Nagadoches County Expo Center. No results on that yet. That's just underway out in there. Out there. Uh, PGA Tour, CBS uh, Sports Leaderboard, uh, Corralis Pro. Putacana Resort and Club Championship, March 25th through the 28th at the Corrales Golf Club, Pantacuna, Dominica. (laughs) $3 million (laughs) total. What a (laughs) mouthful. I'm sorry. Scores? <laughs> All right. In first <laughs> after day one, Steven Yeager, shot a 6th six under 66. Joel Dahman and uh, Andrew Yoon uh, both shot a 67. One stroke behind. And just some quick scores before we wrap it up. For uh, End of the second, Blue Jackets over the Hurricanes. 1-1. One, one. Rangers are hot. 6-2 over the Flyers in the second. Uh, Mika Z- had has a hat trick already in the second period. Senators 1-0 over the Maple Leafs in the second. Caps lead the Devils 3-2. And Sabres Penguins... Uh, Sabres-Penguins, 2 nothing right now. Penguins lead that 2 nothing. NBA, just two games in action right now. The Trailblazers lead the Heat, 53-52. Late second, C.J. McCollum with 27. And the Knicks right now trail the Wizards, 60-45 at the half. And the rest is yours. All right. Thanks, Rick.
0: We'll do more sports at the top of the hour here. Let's bring in uh, John Solomon again, who's been nice enough to hang with us for the first hour. Getting some phone calls in D.C. Anything uh, else that has come in, Mr. Solomon?
4: I got you some breaking news. You guys are an international sensation, according to Suzanne from Canada. She's watching in Canada. Okay. And even the Canadian, she says, no, there was election fraud in America. So I don't know what's going to serve it up there, but they got it figured out apparently. Yeah. Um, Love the show. She could name almost the entire lineup of RAV. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? that's pretty good. Uh, Jan from Richmond, uh, who watches on Fire TV. I like that. Pre- uh, she said that the uh, press conference was so disingenuous. That's her take on things and uh eddie uh from kansas oakley kansas said uh what are we doing in kansas to stop all this election nonsense i don't know yet but i'm going to find out for you and we'll try to get you an answer tomorrow
0: okay very good um so a couple of things i want to ask you before we let you go first of all i always appreciate your time and hanging with us for the first oh, I love hour doing I really this. Appreciate this is a fun
4: it. show it's one of my one of my favorites to come on so thank anytime. you very much i appreciate that
0: um what did you make of what's going on with christy Nome?
4: I I think she's learning that being in the national spotlight is a lot harder than being in the the Dakota spotlight, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, she's had a, a bumpy week I think she'll get her see legs under she's got some smart people around her Corey Lewandowski who used to advise President Trump uh, but I you know I think what happens is you do something let's take the transgender bill she wasn't really opposing the transgender bill she was looking for some technical fixes but she didn't message it right and so it looked like she was going against her constituency and by the time she could get in control of the message uh, it would already boomeranged around her that probably wouldn't have happened if she wasn't you know someone that we're thinking about for 2024 but Everybody's going to shoot at you once you're and you've got your own team shooting at you. All the Republicans that want to knock you off the 2024 stage, and then you got all the Democrats who are shooting at you because they're still mad about that Mount Rushmore thing last Fourth of July. And so, you know, you're getting shot from all sides. And it reminds you, once you step onto the national spotlight, you got to have your A game 24/7. You can't snooze for 10 seconds, or you'll get kicked in the derriere. And I think she's learning the hard lesson. I suspect she'll get uh, uh, get this under control and come back out and 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 you know be the that i think most people think she is
0: yeah um paul was talking during the break i don't know if you were able to hear him but um what is do you have an update on where john durham is because as paul and i think he voices the opinion of a lot of people in this country that look at what went on with russia look at what went on look at some of the things you're still breaking on justin news about new things that are coming out And we look at and we think of John Durham, and it's almost like we don't even, his name's not even on, our, on the front of our thoughts anymore. It's like, what's going yeah. on? And, and you have You're, defended this, um, you know, his investigation saying this is active, it's going forward. Anyone who says different doesn't know. This is not what I'm
4: hearing. Where, where are yeah. we right now? I have talked to multiple witnesses who've been interviewed just in the last week or two. People are being interviewed, they're getting long debriefings. He is being extremely and excruciatingly thorough and he's asking questions about the Mueller investigation and whether there were legitimate claims or problems there he's asking about the fbi there are questions about the clinton foundation coming up on many witnesses that tells me he's looking at that I have uh, everything I'm seeing, and I literally did reporting on this yesterday, uh, tells me it's active. It's real. He's acting like a guy that's going to bring some indictments. We're going to wake up some morning because he's not a leaker, and you're going to be surprised perhaps that something is, has come forward. It's long. It's painful. It's 20 plus months. We wonder why does it take this long? Well, a lot of things happen in an investigation like this. The bad guys tie you up in court, secret court proceedings during the grand jury. Witnesses don't make themselves available, or they lie, and then you've got to spend time figuring out what they lied, and they go back at them. I think they've had a lot of resistance, but this is still very active. I've seen it day in and day out. And here's a little clue, a story I broke a day or two ago, really important. There are all these FBI guys that are, you know, at the center of the, the Durham probe, and they've been sued by Carter Page, right? And so, normally, when a government official gets sued uh, in the course of their government work, like James Comey has and Andrew McCabe, the government represents them. Well, guess what? The Justice Department, yeah. the uh, Biden Justice Department, told the court uh, last week, yep. we're not defending these guys. They're going to have to get their own lawyers. That is a sign uh, that the Justice Department knows something else is coming down the pike. Uh, ordinarily, they would provide representation. So uh I, it's frustrating i'm frustrated because you know it seems like it shouldn't be this hard to get the answers but there's a very active investigation some of the people have been tying it up in court battles but i think john durham's working through it and uh the game is far from over i wouldn't be surprised if there was a small number of indictments in the near future
0: okay uh, about two minutes left here let me just ask you about the former president i said to hogan gidley the other night it's hard not to notice the difference that Under the former president, you did feel like he was always defending America for America, for America, workers, the border, secure America. Everything was America first. And now it just seems like it's all government, government, government first. But um, the former president has started to come out, give a couple interviews. He says he's going to be delving into social media world, maybe with his own platform. What do you expect we see from him over the next three and a half years?
4: Uh, he will be the most active post president in American history by a mile. And listen, Barack Obama is pretty active. He was all those years, although he was kind of more secret in Colorado. He was a secret hand. Donald Trump is not going to be a secret hand. He's going to be vocal, he's going to be visible. He's going to be calling out everything he thinks Joe Biden did wrong, which most prior presidents don't do. And he's already begun doing that. And he will keep his movement together. And whether he's on the ticket in 2024 or not, the Democrats are, running, are going to have to run against Donald Trump and his policies because the Republican Party is Donald Trump's party. So he doesn't have to be the ticket to be the opponent in 2024. And Democrats better get ready for it because he's going to be a formidable opponent four years from now.
0: Mm, I love that. Wow. I haven't heard anyone say it that way. Wow. He doesn't have to nice. be on the ticket to be the opponent in 2024 boy that's right on well uh i always appreciate your time thank you for taking some calls from the listeners and uh i love love what you're doing Justin news we're there every night every day we report all the news and thank you so much
4: thanks guys have a great rest of your show
0: the great john solomon here live from studio 6b hour two coming up we'll take a look at some of what happened today in the press briefing and uh we'll do sports news and we'll continue to take your calls live from studio 6b we're back right after this from Studio 6B, Hour 2. <laughs> was the fastest hour I can ever remember in the year. Is it, What's today? 25th. On the 28th, it'll be a year. Our first year wow. anniversary of being on Real America's Voice.
1: Do you want to know why it went so fast? Yes. Why? Because we didn't have to do anything.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I mean, come on. The John, I mean, you don't get any better than John Solomon.
1: It really is so appreciative to have a real journalist because between Epoch and and just the news and and, maybe the Federalist, it's so hard to get, you know, any news.
0: I mean, he's taking calls from the viewers. I mean, hello. Cool is that?
2: Yeah. How cool is that? (laughs) Now he's getting us coffee. Way to end that cool relationship you set up there, Damon. (laughs) Well, he's gonna hey, be John, like. John, go get last his coffee. Time I do this. He said we're um, international.
0: <laughs> we're the the in sync of politics.
3: on the phone.
1: Look, yeah, he's still talking to me. Is that bye bye bye? Saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so last night on the air. He's, so, he's like, no, Harry, I have to get off the phone.
2: Harry, get off the phone, Harry. <laughs> now, Harry
0: called me in the commercial break, and he wants to. Uh, of course, you know he's jealous of John when John comes on the show. How good yeah, he is. So Harry, of course. of course, says, "Well, I could call in too." I said, oh, that's all right. We'll take you at ten oh one. You should ask him the same questions you asked John to see how he answers. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Harry, your turn. I'll circle back. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, look, did you notice that Austin um, Well, looks a little different this yeah. week?
1: Yeah, man, he, he looked like he lead guitar player for Primus or something. Yeah. <laughs> now he looks
0: like,
6: just a, <laughs> like a CPA on Wall Street Yeah, or <laughs> now he looks
0: well, come on. And Mephi's also answering phone calls here. This is Mephi's first week of answering calls. He's probably thinking, how do I get out of here? But no, maybe he's not. I think he could be enjoying the the, the people. The audience is great. He All are. right, live from Studio 6B. Oh, so, Rick, I rushed you through sports, I know, because we had John for the first hour. So anything else in sports you didn't get to that you want to get to uh, –
6: we got plenty of time now, so. Well, just one I wanted to get to, uh, somebody that I've admired for many years. Uh, Dick Stockton retires uh, after more than five decades in broadcasting. This is from Jay uh, Rigdon of MSN Sports. Dick Stockton has done just about everything there is to do in sports broadcasting, from the NBA Finals and Winter Olympics on CBS to Carlton Fisk's Game 6 Homer on NBC in 1975. Some of our old schoolers will remember that World Series, which Cincinnati one. Uh, now 78, Stockton is retiring, telling the New York Post, Andrew Marshan, that it's time. I originally wanted to be a sports writer, Stockton told the New York Post. But after graduating from Syracuse in 1964, with that goal in mind, Stockton took a slight turn into sports casting, where his career has included narrating one of the most famous home runs in baseball history, becoming the voice of the legendary 1980s Lakers Celtics NBA Finals, and enjoying a run that spanned CBS, TNT, and for nearly the last three decades, Fox Sports. Now, after 55 years, and on his own accord, he is retiring. I just think it's time, the 70-year-old Stockton said. So he's going to move on. But Dick Stockton is absolutely one of those legendary voices. And uh, one by one, they're starting to leave us. And now we're in a new decade. So, yeah. I
0: Guys. mean, Stockton and Heinzen, it's mm. hard to even imagine Celtics basketball without those two voices. Oh, Tommy Heintzen, he was fantastic, D, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, just fantastic. So it's only 78, though. So that's yeah.
6: good for him. Yeah, he's got a nice little road ahead of him. Hopefully yeah. he did well. Good
0: stuff. Man, when you said it, I thought, my God, I, I, had a, I thought you were going to tell me something happened to him when oh, he said that.
6: It's nice to when report a good story where they didn't pass away, you know, D? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff.
0: All right. Very good. Uh, so we'll do more sports here in an hour or two. We'll do some news. Um, we'll touch on, well, we'll touch on what happened at the White House today, which was just embarrassing. It was just embarrassing on many levels that that's the president of the, that that's the president of the United States. And that that's the media, and that's what they could come up with. Knowing this was coming for a week, if not more, once he finally decided he was going to do one, he needed to practice or whatever he, they say he needed all this time to prep. And this is, these are the questions we got. So let's just jump in here, G, if you, have it, if you can set it here um, from the beginning. Here, let's just listen to the first question. Here's the first question out of the box goes to AP. Here it is.
7: Now I'll be happy to... Uh take your questions. Zeke, Associated Press.
2: Thank you, Mr. President. You mentioned your progress on COVID-19. I'd like to ask you about some of the other issues uh, facing your presidency. Uh, one of the defining challenges you face in the coming months is how to deliver on your promise to Americans on issues like immigration reform, gun control, voting rights, climate change. All of those right now are facing stiff united opposition from Republicans on Capitol Hill. How far are you willing to go to keep those he's got. promises that you made to the American people?
7: Well, I'm good. Look, when uh, when I took office, I uh, decided that look, uh, it was a fairly he's basic, really... simple proposition, and that is, I got elected to solve problems. And the most problem. urgent problem faced the American people, I stated from the outset, was COVID nineteen and the economic dislocation for millions and millions of Americans. And okay, so no, that's stop,
0: why I put. Stop it for a second. Now, whether you agree with that statement or not, that's that has that's probably the least amount of work he had to do given the prior administration <laughs> and what they what they left him. Now, I know they're all going to they all lie about it. But there was nothing he had to do. All the vaccines were made. All the plans to get them out were made. All the doses were ordered. So that's just baloney, first of all. Okay, maybe they've done some things on it. But to, the idea that they had to spend all... This was a running theme today. I actually tweeted it. That you could, he can only do one thing at a time. You're the president of the United States. He was actually asked a question here as we go through this later on and he says well I've really only been focused on I haven't been really focused on the border because I've been focused on like do you expect this job is going to require you to have to be able to multitask and handle problems and fires like every second of every day 24-7 365 he made it sound like he could only do one thing it was this was a running theme today I can only I've only just been focused here he
7: did say that he could walk and chew gum at the same time like 10 times over the past few months.
0: Well, that's clearly out the window today as you'll listen to this. He continues with this theme of oh, I've only been focused on one place.
7: Well, Go ahead. All my focus in the beginning there are a lot of problems, but all my focus on dealing with those particular problems. And the other problems we're talking about from immigration now look. to guns and the other things you mentioned are long-term problems. They've been around a long time. And what we're going to be able to do, God willing, is now begin, one at a time, to focus on those as well, and whether it's immigration or guns or a number of other problems that face the country. But the fundamental problem is getting people some peace of mind so they can go to bed at night and not stare at the ceiling wondering where they lost their health insurance, whether they're going to lose a family member, whether they're going to be in a position where they're not going to be — they're going to lose their home because they can't pay their mortgage, or the millions of people are going to get thrown out of their homes because of the inability to uh, to pay their rent. So. But what we're, has he done to address the- any of that?
0: <laughs> what has he done? People got um, 5,400 bucks at the most. So what has he done to address those things? He won't get the governors to open up the country. He doesn't have kids back in school five days a week, 100% of the kids in school, to allow parents to go back to work full-time, those who have to be home with their kids if they're home. What has he done to address even that list, if you even want to take that at face value? He hasn't done much to, to help any of those uh, things he just listed either.
2: And he's compounded it by, uh, you know, killing some jobs along the way. On his very first day, if you remember that. Yeah. Go ahead. You can keep it up, G. We're just going to keep topping and going. Try
7: to do as many simultaneous as we can. But that's the reason why I focused as I have. And here's the deal. Here's I the think deal. my Republican colleagues are going to have to determine... Whether or not we want to work together, or they decide that the way in which they want to proceed is to uh, is to uh, just uh, um, decide uh, to divide mm. the country,
1: continue the politics of division.
0: Okay, now stop it! I'm not going to stop it. Go ahead, Paul. Uh,
1: first, his question was: If my Republican colleagues want to work together, mean roll over and eat your pile of garbage, and you you're, you're on American policies without any pushback? Is that what you mean by work together? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. This guy's well, a clown.
0: When he said that, I was thinking to myself, well, where, what? We heard about unity all coming into this administration, unity in his speech in, on January 20th. What opportunity? <laughs> Has there been to work together? Does he think inviting Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, uh, Romney, and them over to the Oval Office to talk about this $1.9 trillion that they were going to ram through, no matter whether they had the votes or not, is the opportunity – where is the opportunity to work together on – what possibly could they work together on? What could we work together on? Uh, minus th- those Republicans, quote-unquote, Democrat, Repo- whatever you want to call them, rhinos, that I mentioned – there's not a single Republican, even the, um, the weakest of them, that believes in anything you've done or anything you've signed. So what, what, what does he mean by that? They're going to have to decide. <laughs> They're going to have to decide. I don't think they have much of a choice here. I think they need you to come to the table. You guys are the ones in the rush here.
1: And you could even bring your buddy Obama with you, you know, who makes the decisions <laughs> for you as long as we could chat it out.
7: Go ahead. Do that, I'm just going to move forward and take these things as they
2: come. Just to follow up, Mr. To the follow-up, Mr. President. Can your presidency be a success if you can't make progress on those four challenges, climate change, immigration reform, gun
4: control, voting well, rights?
7: Well, I plan on making progress on all of them, but that's going to be for the American people to decide. I think, you know, I, I doubt whether maybe you did, maybe others did. I I, I, I thought, many of you thought, there was no possibility of my getting the, the plan I got passed, passed without any Republican votes. Well, Pretty who big the fuck deal. Then? Got passed. How is it a big economy. deal? Growing the economy. People's lives are changing. So let's see what happens. All I know, I've been hired to solve problems, to solve problems, not create division. Hired? <laughs> hired? Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how
0: about. Yamish. She doesn't even pronounce her name.
8: Thanks so much, Mr. President. Um, you've said over and over again that. Immigrants shouldn't come to this country right now. This isn't the time to come. That message is not being received. Instead, the perception of you that got you elected as a moral, decent man is the reason why a lot of immigrants are coming to this country and entrusting you with unaccompanied minors. How do you resolve that tension? And how are you choosing which families can stay and which can can go, given the fact that even though with Title 42, there are some families that are staying? And is there a timeline for when we won't be seeing these overcrowded facilities with run by CPB when it comes to unaccompanied minors?
7: Well, look, I guess I should be flattered. People are coming because I'm the nice guy. That's the reason why it's happening, that I'm a decent man or however it's phrased. That's why they're coming, because no, Biden's a good guy. Truth of the matter is, nothing has changed. As many people came, 28 percent increase in children to the border in my administration, 31 percent in the last year, of, in 2019, before the pandemic, in the Trump administration. It happens every single
0: solitary year. Okay, stop it. Uh, first of all, I don't know that those numbers are correct because I read you Mark Morgan's numbers the other day, and I believe last April was the single lowest month, I believe at 16,000, uh, that we have had in a 15, oh, 15 seconds. <laughs> I think it meant 15,000. <laughs> uh, that we've had in a long time. So I don't know where those numbers are even... Real. All right, we'll continue when we get back.
3: Real America's Voice is a news platform dedicated to keeping people informed
4: that the U.S. will have enough COVID-19 vaccines available to
5: vaccinate every adult. In America.
3: Headlines from here in the U.S. and around the globe.
5: Protesters are continuing to ignore threats of years in prison and lethal force by police.
3: Full coverage of live events. So 92% of that $2 trillion spending bill is unrelated to COVID. Real news, honest views, real America's voice. All right, 17 past the hour, live from Studio 6B.
0: So we're starting to get to the point of the uh, press conference that was Starting to babble um, illegitimate, made-up facts about who knows what. Um, I swear, half the things he says he just comes off the top of his head. I don't even think any of it's true. I have no idea what he's talking about. He's talking about things that Trump. We didn't have people crossing
1: the border at these numbers. Oh well, because it was it was never winter when <laughs> Trump was president.
0: So the, when he's talking about the, the how many beds or how many we didn't have the we didn't have this many people. So how do you compare what he was doing with people who we were catching? It? We didn't have nearly this many people. He just, he's just babbling. Yeah,
2: and, and we didn't have that, that, <clears throat> that level of problem. And I love the fact that, that Mexico's president called him out on it. And, and I go back to that because something that Trump would always say, you know, he talked to these leaders, he became friends with them. And I think that was one of the big things. He had this, this way of... Developing those relationships, where he was able to get the first time I ever heard a president getting Mexico to say, "You know what? We're going to keep you people here, as opposed to letting you just file on through." So, you know what? I think uh, I think Joe's got a lot to learn. All right, let's get back to the um, <laughs> let's get back to it. G, we'll
0: pick it up where we left off. Roll
7: it. Look at the number of people who are coming. The vast majority. The overwhelming majority of people coming to the border and crossing are being sent back. Are being sent
0: back. Stop A thousand. it. Thousands. I, I do not believe. I, I, I could be wrong, but I do not believe that to be true. I believe they are being released into the United States. And I'm not, I'm not sure how we can get our hands on these figures as they're happening day after day. But I just I do not believe that is the case at all.
1: If the majority is being sent back, doesn't that make him xenophobic? They don't buy the old standards. Right. Go ahead. Tens of thousands of people who are, who are
7: over 18 years of age and single people, one at a time coming, have been sent back, sent home. We're sending back the vast majority of the families that are coming. We're trying to work out now, with Mexico, their willingness to take more of those families back. But that's what's happening. They're not getting across the border. And those who are coming across the border who are unaccompanied children, we're moving rapidly to try to put in place what was dismantled, as I said. For example, of all the children who are coming across the border, over 70 percent are either 16 or 17 years old. We're not talking about people ripping babies from mothers' arms or little three year olds standing on the border. Less than, I think it's one and a half percent, fall in the category of the very young. So, what we're doing is we're providing for the space again to be able to get these kids out of the border patrol facilities, which no child, no one should be in any longer than 72 hours. And today, I went to, for example, I used all the resources available to me. went to the Defense Department, and and the the Secretary of Defense has just made available Fort Bliss 5,000 beds. Be immediately available 5,000 beds in the Texas border. So we're building back up the capacity that should have been maintained and built upon that Trump dismantled. It's going to take time. See? And the other thing we're doing, I might add, am I giving you too long an answer? Because if you don't want the detail. No, no, but I mean, I, I oh don't know how much God. detail you want about immigration. See, but Maybe I'll but stop what there. What he's doing there is
2: he's talking about the beds that they, they, they used to be available, that now they got rid of, because, well, the policy changed, and he just wanted it to be turnkey. Hey, just turn it on and, and let them all come in. We got beds for them. What? They got rid of the beds? Now what do we do? That's his complaint.
0: Pretty— um, Pretty interesting. The president of the United States says, Well, I, I don't know how much information you want here on uh, immigration. I think I'll just stop there.
1: Is that his way of saying, Am I babbling? I'm, I'm babbling. Yeah. He, know, he caught himself babbling and he's now maybe out of bounds from what his handlers tell him he's allowed to say. That's what it feels like to me. Like he's always trying to not piss off his boss for saying too much or giving up too much detail. Because I. It, I, I cannot get over what I'm watching with this guy. He's asking for permission. He says things like, I'm going to get in trouble. He calls a uh, President Harris. I mean, this guy is a puppet. Here's
0: um here's the advocacy follow up from Yamiche Alcindor from NPR. Your tax dollars at work. Roll that.
8: My follow up question is. Um one, if you could talk a little bit about which families, why they're being allowed to say what the families that are being allowed to say, why they're being allowed to say. In addition to that, when it comes to the filibuster, which is what Zeke was asking about, there's immigration is, is a big issue, of course, with when it related to the filibuster. But there's also Republicans who are passing bill after bill, trying to restrict voting rights. Chuck Schumer is calling it an, an existential threat to democracy. Why not back <laughs> a filibuster rule that at least gets around? The, issues Listen including to voting rights or immigration why not heck?
0: back the filibuster <laughs> this, this is, she's advocating this is a jur- this supposed journalist in the press saying to the president of the united states well why not back this let's get this out of here come on we need to filibuster let's forget 60 votes let's get to 51 so we can um you know stop the republicans from for let's nationalize these elections joe come on here we go
2: yeah she actually uses a phrase so we can get around this go ahead it's amazing
8: Jim Clyburn, someone, of course, who you know very well, um, has backed the idea of a filibuster rule when it comes to civil rights and voting rights.
7: Well, look, um, I'm going to deal with all of those problems. The question is, the priorities as they come and land on my plate. Let's go to the first question you asked, The, the first of the second questions you asked, and that is, what about dealing with families? Why are not some not going back? Because Mexico is refusing to take them back. They're saying they won't take them back. Not all of them. We're in negotiations with the president of Mexico. I think we're going to see that change. They should all be going back. All be going back. The only people we're not going to let sitting there on that's the, the other uh, side. Just of the one Rio second, Jim.
0: That's the, that's the line that John Solomon said. Let's we'll see if they hold them to that line. They should all be going back. Mexico says, now the Mexican president's the one who called them out. The Mexican president's the one who put in place the stay in Mexico order with the Trump administration. So now, let's see what happens. Not that the press will follow up on this or ask them. But that question from her and follow-up question is unbelievable. That is astounding that that's a supposed media member asking that question. Just unbelievable. Go ahead. ...with no help. Our children... And what we're doing
7: there, and it's an important point to understand. I know you understand it. I don't mean to say it that way. Important point to focus on. The vast majority of people under the age of 18 come to the United States, come with a telephone number on, the, on a wristband, or come with a telephone number in their pocket in the United States. A mother, a father, a close relative, a grandma, or a grandpa. What well, what's happening before is it's taking literally weeks and weeks and maybe even months before anybody pick up the phone and call to see if there really was someone there. Well, we've set up a system now where within 24 hours there's a phone call made as that person, that child crosses the border. And then a verification system being put in place as, as of today to determine quickly whether or not that is a trafficker being called, or that is actually a mom, a dad, and or a close relative. They're establishing that right off the bat. If it, in fact, is mom or dad, dad says to take the extreme case, I got a birth certificate, then guess what? We're getting that kid directly to that parent immediately. And so that's going to reduce significantly. There's two ways to reduce child populations in circumstances that are not acceptable, like being held. We'll jump forward
0: to the next question here in the break. Does that seem like a system that's going to work to you? Uh, No. No.
3: Real America's Voice is a news platform dedicated to keeping people informed. Start your day off with War Room, hosted by Steve Bannon. If they've got the data, if they've got the evidence, they've got the science, bring it forward. Followed by News On with Miranda Kahn.
6: We will continue to keep a close watch on the situation in D.C.
3: Begin your afternoon with David Brody's water cooler. A huge deal here, we're going to unpack it all. Real America's Voice. live
0: from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. So Kevin McCarthy tweeted something out that I thought was worth looking at. He says, you know, Biden, we just watched it. Biden says it happens every single solitary year. President Biden claimed the dramatic increase in migrants flooding the southern border is totally normal for this time of year. And he says, absolutely false. 2015, 24,000. 2016, 26,000. 2017, 18,000. 2018, 26,000. 2019, 66,000. Last year, during this month, 30,000. This year, we're on pace for over 100,000. So that is a five, four to five fold increase in the numbers from any other number that you can go back in history and look at this time of year of the crossings at the border. So one of the many things that he said today that was just total nonsense um, all right do you want to do some news here paul or do you want me to go back to the briefing
1: it's your call I, you know the only thing i want to mention is that on breitbart it revealed 80 percent of the central american women and girls are raped crossing into the u.s now the article is extremely long so i'd rather you know go, we'll do it tomorrow night but um, you know it's just incredibly brutal that What's going on there, and to act as if this is all Trump's fault is so—it's—it's it's just mind-boggling to me that people believe the gaslighting. So you know, I—I'd I, rather dissect the idiot in chief than, you know, than read this. All right,
0: question number three, I believe, was from um, somebody at ABC. Roll that G
7: Okay. Um, if you can remember who it is,
0: let's uh, go to the cheat sheet. Come on. Sorry.
7: Oh, Ms. Kim.
5: Thank you, Mr. President. Um, To follow up on the filibuster, so do you believe it should take 60 votes to end a filibuster on legislation, or 51?
7: (laughs) If we could end it with 51, we would have no problem. You're going to have to, the existing rule, uh, it's going to be hard to get a parliamentary ruling that allows... 50 votes to end the filibuster, the, the existence of a filibuster. Um, but um, it's not my expertise in what the parliamentary rules and how to get there are, but our preoccupation with the filibuster is totally legitimate. Only in the but Senate, in the meantime, for we've got a lot years. we can do while we're talking about what we're going to do about the filibuster. Um, let me get here. Okay. Uh, um, Oh, Cecilia Vega.
5: I'd like to circle back to immigration, please. Uh, you, you just listed the reasons that people are coming, uh, talking about in-country problems, saying that it happens every year. You blamed the last administration. Sir, I just got back last night from a reporting trip to the border where I met nine-year-old Jose, who walked here from Honduras by himself, uh, along with another little boy. He had that Astounding. phone number on him and we were able to call his family. His mother says that she sent her son to this country because she believes that you are not deporting unaccompanied minors like her son. That's why she sent him alone from Honduras. So, sir, you blame the last administration, but is your messaging in saying that these children are and will be allowed to stay in this country and work their way through this process encouraging families like Jose's to come? Well, look.
7: He okay? No, <laughs> stroking The out. idea that I'm going to say, which I would never
0: do. Now listen to this. If an
7: unaccompanied child ends up at the border, we're just going to let him starve to death and stay on the other side. No previous administration did that either, except Trump. All right, stop I'm it. I'm not going to do it.
0: That is, a
1: gr- that is grotesque. On its face. Now, I have a question, D. Go ahead is that libelous, like, is that the kind of, like, that lie, is that can you sue someone for defamation of character on that? Is there any legal, because that is, when you lie that grotesquely, I mean, is there any re- legal recourse for Trump there to, like, is there anything anyone could do about such a heinous lie, or really such a damaging lie?
0: I mean, I guess, I- I'm not an attorney. I I don't think you can sue for what people say I mean if even if you consider it liable you'd have to show some kind of harm I don't I, don't, I mean I don't know I don't know I'm not an attorney I just
1: don't know if that's
0: like, but that is such a <laughs> grotesque and utter lie to accuse the former president of letting kids die
1: yeah I mean that seems damaging I, I don't know that seems like it goes just too far but I don't you know I don't know anything about it
0: on the other side of the border like they would just let them stand there in the middle of the desert starving and die is such a grotesque disgusting lie. But not that I'm surprised though coming from this this guy. Go ahead. I'm not gonna do it.
7: That's why I've asked the vice president of the United States yesterday to be the lead person oh. on dealing with thank god focusing on the fundamental reasons why people leave Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador in the first place. It's because of earthquakes, floods, it's because of lack of food, it's because of gang violence, it's because of a whole range of things that when I was vice president had the same obligation to deal with unaccompanied children, I was able to get it slowed up significantly by working with the heads of state of those communities to do things like in one of the major cities, the reason people were leaving is they couldn't walk the street because they were getting, their kids were getting beat up or shot or gang violence. Well, what I was able to do is not give money to the head of state because so many are corrupt, but I was able to say, okay, you need lighting in the streets to change things. I'll put the lighting in. We got a contractor. We got the type of lighting. We paid directly to the contractor. did not go through the government. And violent crime significantly was reduced in that city. Fewer people sought to leave. When this hurricane occurred, the two hurricanes, instead of us going down and helping in a major way so that people would not have a reason to want to leave in the first place because they didn't have housing or water or s- sustenance, we did nothing. We're going to do a lot in our administration. We're going to be spending that $700-plus million a year to change the life and circumstances of why people leave in the first place. That mother did not sit around with, on, on the kitchen table and, and say, you know, I got a great idea The way I'm going to make sure my son gets taken care of is I'm going to put him — how old was he? Or she? He's
5: he's nine. I also met a 10-year-old.
7: old A a, a nine-year-old. I'm going to send him on a 1,000-mile journey across the desert and up to the United States, because I know Joe Biden's a nice guy, and he'll take care of him. What a desperate act to have to take. The circumstances must be horrible so we can do something about that. That's what the vice president's going to be doing, what I did. When President Obama asked me to come and deal, I was in in, uh, Turkey at the time. He said, you got to come home and take care of this. So we put together a plan, and it had an impact. And so the question here is whether how we go ahead and do this, what we do, there's no easy answer.
5: Quick follow, if I may. Do you want to see these unaccompanied minors staying in this ch- this country, or should they be deported eventually?
7: Well, the judgment has to be made whether or not. In, th- in this young man's case, he has a mom at home. There's an overwhelming reason why he'd be put in a plane and flown back to his mom.
5: Final follow, sir. You mentioned uh, circumstances that must be horrific. The Customs and Border Protection Facility in Donna, Texas, I was there, is at 1,556% capacity yep. right now with mostly unaccompanied minors. There are kids that are sleeping on floors. They are packed into these pods. I've spoken to lawyers who say that they, some of these children have not seen the sun in days. What's your reaction, what is your reaction to these images that have come out from that particular facility? Is what's happening inside acceptable to you, and when is this going to be fixed?
7: I, I, that's a serious question, right? Is it acceptable to me? Come on. That's why we're going to be moving 1,000 of those kids out quickly. That's why i got Fort Bliss opened up, that's why I've been working from the moment this started to happen to try to find additional access all right, just, for children to be... This is just, painful. This
0: is enough. Uh, through all of this, has anybody heard anything that's going to actually address the problem and slow down what's going on? If anything, throughout this press conference, all he does is confirm what every migrant who's been interviewed has said. Let's just get there. They're not turning anybody away. Get the kids there first, and then the parents can follow. We'll get the chain, Mike. I mean, what have you heard from him in all of this that actually addresses the root problem? Or in some way tries to deter what's going on with the numbers? Not a word. There's nothing in what he's saying or has said so far to answer any of these questions that addresses... The root of the problem: moving kids around, make some room, get them out of being stuffed in there together. All the, uh, opening up beds at uh, Fort whatever. Uh, uh, how are you slowing down the numbers? What's the plan? Uh, there is no plan. Street lights. I believe he said there is no plan. If we're going to seriously have a policy that says every person. That comes from some hellhole that has, as the pre- former president called them, comes from a comes from a place where
1: um, the conditions are less than optimal. Well,
0: I mean, we can't save the entire world here. There has to be, when people come here seeking asylum, there has to be some bar that's met on what qualifies. It can't just be if they come from a place where the kids have a chance to, you could get beat up walking around New York City or Chicago. I mean, what's the, what's the standard, what's the bar for what's going to be allowed as far as how many million, it, it, I saw somebody tweet at this rate we're on pace for $2 million at the rate they're coming in. W- what does Joe Biden think he's going to do? Keep opening up Fort this and Fort that with, with 5,000 beds and hope that he's going to listen to every one of these so- so-called asylum cases? What, what is the plan to slow this down other than to put back in place
1: what Trump has, was doing? Has anyone heard anything? Nothing.
0: And it just got worse from here honestly just not worth playing because it just got worse he just started to ramble more get lost more the questions didn't get any i mean the questions were just ridiculous just nothing on no pressing him on anything nothing on china nothing on covid nothing on him falling down nothing on his health how he feel nothing (sighs) absolutely nothing nothing on voting nothing on hr1 The media is a joke. Oh, but he did a good job, everybody said. Even on Fox. Oh, it was pretty good.
3: America's voice.
0: All right, live from Studio 6B. Great night. John Solomon joined us. Hour one. I have 1,078 emails to go through. Wow. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) I'll try to get to them. I don't think I will. Uh, Thirteen till the hour. Let's do some. Uh, try to
6: look at some now. Let's do some sports and hear what that is. Rick Amorati. what's going on, pal? All right, Big day, busy night in the NHL. Eleven games in action tonight. Uh, right now in overtime, the Maple Leafs and Senators are tied two-two, and also the Islanders and Bruins in a battle in Boston, the TD Garden Center. There, three-three in overtime. Ranges is just seven. One. What's that? Islanders is just one. Islanders is just just one. Literally, I just yeah. checked. Nice four to three. Good, good call, Mr. Nolan. I like that news. Um, and Rangers over the Flyers seven to three, looking good. The New York Rangers look like they're going to make a good playoff run there. Penguins over the Sabres four nothing. That's a final. Capitals over the Devils four to three in the third. Uh, right now, the Blackhawks are up two nothing over the Panthers in the second. Predators all over the Red Wings five to one. Also in the second, Lightning lead the Stars two nothing second. And Golden Knights over the Avalanche one nothing. That's the end of the first period. NBA action, just a few games in action tonight. Uh, Right now, the Heat lead the Trailblazers 110-107. That's late in the fourth. Uh, The Knicks have come back. It's now the Wizards 86, Knicks 81. That's also in the fourth. Um, And Knicks were down by uh, 15. They came back. And also, the Clippers right now trail the Spurs 55-49. Tonight, the Golden State Warriors take on the Kings and the Philadelphia 76ers visit the Staples Center. Both games tip off in about 15 minutes. NBA trade line, busy day today in the NBA. Uh, Magic sent Nikola Vukovic to the Bulls in a stunner. This is by Justin Tash, March. The Orlando Magic are trading all-star center Nikolai Vukovic to the Ch- Chicago Bulls along with Al Farouk Amuno for Otto Porter, Wendell Carter Jr., and the Bulls' 20, 21, and 23 first-round draft picks. Vukovic 30 is averaging 24 and a half points. He's a great player, so the Bulls got a really, really good, uh, good star from the uh, from the Magic earlier today. Uh, Rajon Rondo was traded to the Clippers today. Today. And Victor Olapito, another great, Oladipo, another great player. Uh, Delta Miami, as Miami makes their playoff push, uh, he, they got them from the Houston Rockets. So a lot, lot going on in the NBA today. Moving over to NFL. Uh, Brett Favre says addiction to painkillers nearly killed him. Uh, this is by Zach Wasink. Um, this is Green Bay Packer legend and Pro Football Hall of Fame inductee. Brett Favre sp- speaking openly about his addiction to painkillers and struggles with alcohol over the years. Uh, pro Michael Davis Smith of Pro Football, Favre admitted during an an episode of his podcast that he first began abusing painkillers during the 1994 football season and had a seizure the night before a game the following year even a 75 day stint to an inpatient rehabilitation facility did not prevent far from once again using painkillers during his career and he explained he went into a dark place at least once during the worst days of his uh, his addiction and just to you know paraphrase this is' a long article but he actually was contemplating you know giving it up he was he flushed the eight pills in the in less Eight pills in the toilet, and he was just about near suicide, Big D. And, uh, but he did overcome those addictions, and he has been clean for 20 years from alcohol and drugs. The great Brett Favre, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever to play the game. So wanted to bring that up. And uh, last story uh, that leads into another story same person. Serena Williams later started withdraw from the Miami Open. Uh, she is not going to be in the Miami Open, but, uh, joining Novak Djokovic, Rafael Nadal, and Roger Federer. That was announced earlier today. And Serena Williams remarks by sports radio host leads to his dismissal. This is Ryan Gatos of Fox News. Conversation started with the toast and somehow became about skin color. A Buffalo New York sports radio host was fired Wednesday for making a comment about Serena Williams and other black celebrities when talking about women he found attractive. Rob Letterman, the now former host of The Morning Bull on 97 Rock Buffalo, got into a conversation while talking with ESPN Buffalo Bills beat reporter Marcel Luis Jaquez. Uh, The conversation was about what level on the toaster everyone on the show set for their Morning Toast. And this is why you got to watch yourself when you're on TV, as we know. Uh, he says, I have I have them to the attractiveness of women that I find to be attractive, Letterman said. I will never go to Serena Williams level, but I'm very comfortable with the Halle Berry level. He's talking about his breakfast toast. So, Louis Jacques tweeted the clip and an uproar of Letterman's comments followed. Uh, there's already an unfortunate and undeserved stigma attached to dark skin. So, Rob to take something to an undis- undesirable like burnt toast and compared to the skin color, not a good situation. So this was just something I wanted to you know bring up, bring to to light uh, on the show uh, about what's going on here. These guys, I can't believe they continue to put their foot in their mouth. And uh, Letterman did admit later on that uh, he was horrified by his comments and he apologized. However, he lost an announcement job with the Buffalo Sabers and the Buffalo Banders Little Cross Team, in addition to his gig on the radio. So you gotta watch what you say these days, guys. And that's what do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> just saying, you know, you got to watch what you say on the radio and the TV. Uh, yeah. And that's a wrap in sports, big
1: deal.
0: All right, thanks, Rick. Uh, any other news, Paul? I know we didn't do a lot of news tonight we were busy with the presser and John Solomon, but any other news?
1: I mean, I can go to, I can find some now, but if you want to just... Uh... All
0: right, well, one thing I want to make sure you uh, the audience knows is the water cooler. David Brody, the host, of course, right here on Real America's Voice, which is fantastic. I mean, you really, at this point, have to have America's Real America's Voice on pretty much. All day long. Well, not pretty much. All day long. Just have it on. If we're watching, just have it on in the background. There's, there's. I mean, it's just this one great show after and the other. <clears throat> and David Brody is the host of the Water Cooler. And tomorrow, I believe at 3 p.m., Governor Christy Nome. Let's get it on.
1: Oh, very cool.
0: Governor Christy Nome on with David Brody tomorrow on the Water Cooler. So that's just appointment television right there. That's just can't miss. Because Mr. Brody will, um, will not do what the media did today in, the, in that. And that's, um, go, I mean, the only thing they didn't do is go up there and lick Biden on his cheek before they asked him a question. Well, that won't happen tomorrow. We'll get some answers. Uh, so the great David Brody with Governor Kristi Noem tomorrow on the water cooler, I believe, used to be 4 p.m. It's now moved back to 3 p.m. So make sure you stay tuned, and we'll get some clips of that, G, tomorrow if we can uh, to run on the show as well, and we'll see if uh, where she is. John Solomon seemed a little more um, pragmatic, I guess is maybe the word, about Governor Nome. Didn't you guys think And what he yep. said?
1: Yeah, sounds to me like he – that's what's nice, when you don't overreact to what happened, and it was disappointing for us to hear it, but we also all agreed that let's see how it unfolds, because maybe there was some method to a menace, but as he put it, you know, she just didn't say it the right way. Then the message got spun, and next thing you know, she's trying to get ahead of it. And
0: Delgado, you know. what would you think of uh, what Solomon said on Nome?
2: That's pretty much what I was thinking in the last couple days and what I had shared was that, uh, you know, let's, let's, she was trying to, like I said, clean up what she didn't like, thought if she kicked it back, it just you know it just got all muddled and, and now she looks like she's a, she's the bad guy, but if there's no if there's no pressure for her to be like it's got to be signed today or you're against it, then give her the time. Let's see what happens. I believe Asa Hutchinson got a similar
0: bill today in Arkansas, and uh, he signed it in a um, transgender ban on women's sports. I believe. So uh, that's certainly not going to, well, I, I don't know if it helps or hurts her. Maybe it doesn't matter. And she'll just say, well, our situation is different and whatever it is. And I guess we'll find out. We'll see you tomorrow. So that's, that's the point. Don't miss this interview with Governor Christine Nome. I don't think she's done many. I mean, on, on a national level, with a national figure, she did Tucker. I don't know who else she's done. But she'll do David with David Brody tomorrow.
1: Well, let's get her next,
0: big day. Well, I mean, you know, I, would, I wouldn't mind getting her on, but the problem is it's been, you're pretty much treading the same ground. I'm not going to ask any better questions than David Brody's going to ask. I'll tell you that right now. So I, we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll have the clips for it, but I want you to watch it at 3 p.m., and then we'll cover it tomorrow night. So, All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. I can't thank John Solomon enough for joining us for the first hour. And taking your calls, we will, we're will. we making this a Thursday night tradition now. So we'll see who the special guest is going to be next Thursday. Uh, thanks, Paul. Thanks, uh, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks to Real America's Voice. But most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night to wrap it up for the week. Live from Studio 6B, back with you in 22. We'll see you then.